Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Well, that's uh, Lisbeth Russo there. Um, yep, with added nightingales because at any moment I'm hoping and praying <laughs> that Sam Lee steps into the Zoom room and greets us. Um, but that was uh, none other than Lisbeth Russo uh, with a tune called "The Water Is Wide," and um, it is on her on her album. But I actually played it from. Um, this vast collection of the story of folk into rock and beyond, uh, the Electric Muse revisited, um, and um, and before that, from the same album, we heard Alehouse by Martin Bennett. And um, if you don't know about Martin Bennett, that was a, a murderous, wonderful song, and um, it, it uh, the Bonnie Wee Lassie who wouldn't say no. Um, or perhaps couldn't say no and uh, it, it was his final album uh, if you know the story of Martin Bennett and you've heard the album Grit from which that track comes you'll know that um, that was his final album and sadly he was only 33 when he died of cancer at the turn of the century and um, and he, he had this to say um, I want to take audiences out of the city, not to take the music to the city, because that will just eat it up. I don't want to help that process. I want to fight against it. There's a dichotomy in this music, the gentle old tradition of the land and the sea against the neon technology of our growing urban culture. And he made music which rejoiced in both. Um, so, uh, ah... I can see that Sam Lee is in fact with us and in a moment we should even hear his voice. Hello Sam. Sam Lee is in the house. Actually Sam Lee isn't in the house. Sam Lee you're in the woods. Oh Max I wish and last year I was in the woods but this year I'm I'm recuperating before I have to go back there tomorrow but um I'm in I'm in my home I'm between four walls. It's okay, I'm faking it. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I've been unmasked, totally unmasked. Um, so uh, how much time are you spending in the woods at the moment? Actually, quite a lot. Um, I'm having a, a slightly quieter week now, but from next week, I'm there for a solid three weeks with one day off, which is going to be exciting and perhaps smelly too <laughs> <laughs> well sorry i can't actually bring people the smells of assembly but you know perhaps you can send out articles of clothing um but just a moment i'm just going to read to you 
um, from this book. Now, this book is um, The Electric Muse Revisited, and um, I've just ah, been playing yes. a few tunes from the collection. Um, we just heard Martin Bennett and Lisbeth Russo, um, somebody from the present and somebody, sadly, from the past. But, um, but Robin Denslow... Uh, has edited uh, a new version of the Electric Muse and uh, expanded it into kind of newer stuff because it was originally out in 1975 and a lot of folk has flown under the bridge since then. Um, but uh, he loves you. I mean, we all love you, Sam, but Robin particularly loves you. <laughs> um, and, and, and he manages to to go through your fantastic um, career and uh, you know w- w- you just do so many things simultaneously but but one of the beautiful things that he says um, is he's talking about the um, Extinction Rebellion okay uh, yeah. and so having gone through all the amazing music that you make and uh, everything that you do with Nightingales too he says this and then there's his work, work with Extinction Rebellion also known as XR, the protest movement that demands urgent political political action on climate change and the environment. In April 2019, the movement burst into action with a two-week rebellion that brought parts of London to a standstill. Actually, it brought me to Soho Radio too. Before it started, when none of us had any idea how enormous it would be, some of XR's leaders came down to the woods to listen to the Nightingales. And when the first phase of protests ended, Sam helped organise a celebratory gathering in London. Barclay Square. Police stood by and, quote, to quote Sam Lee himself, watched me climb a tree and put a banner up without complaining. <laughs> and he later led the crowd through an emotional sing-along of his rewritten version of A Nightingale Sang in Barclay Square, with the sounds of the nightingale singing added in. You are, um, uh, you know, obviously now a total popular you know, you're 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 an icon of of British exceptionalism and uh, radicalism, and uh, there you are singing uh, a classic. <laughs> I just think uh, it's. A, I mean, I mean, perhaps you're going to do "We'll Meet Again" next. <laughs> I well, I hope so, Max. Too long <laughs> since I've seen you. Um, uh, that was a very wonderful day uh, two years ago. The world is a very different place now. It feels. Um, but um, yeah, it was. That was the first time that kind of I started to do the radicalism and the real sort of take the activism into into a kind of very creative domain. Actually, in terms of you know just you know holding um, guerrilla events in in Mayfair. I mean, like, why don't we do that more often? Um, I can't think of a reason why we don't. Um, except I'm just worried that the <laughs> the, 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 the new police bill might limit some of that. Well, but on the other hand, I haven't seen any clauses about singing from trees. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a point. We we live in a very scary time, actually, for um, for how uh, the criminalising of trespass and this new you know police bill is going to be um, have such an impact on our civil liberties are a right to right to protest um and yeah and what will that will mean i think i think we've got some some scary and upheaving times ahead of us in that respect um yes but uh i suppose i'm not i'm not saying there's not going to be a struggle but 
life really has always been a struggle and rights don't just sit there waiting for you you have to fight for them in every generation yeah yeah this is true um you know it's a bit like you have to you have to get someone like Rendekill around your house in every generation too. Anyway, um, I just think of that anti-fascism really. Anyway, um, you, I, I don't know whether people have been listening to your singing with Nightingales, uh, which is freely available on uh, YouTube um, via the Nest Collective, and is it available any other way? Um. It is, yeah. I mean, we've got lot. We've been doing lots of free events, and um, uh, we did all the online uh, broadcasts that went out um, over April and May. And we've got a few more actually coming up with um, some different kind of music and arts festivals. But they're all on YouTube, the Nest Collective's YouTube. And there we've got the the homecoming when the first night the Nightingale started singing. We had a wonderful publicly contributed series of wonderful songs and poems and recitations and then on earth day 22nd of april we did loads of incredible incredible musicians gave music that they recorded in honor of the nightingale and then speakers and writers did the same thing on dawn chorus day Um, and i stayed up all night from 11 p.m through the night till 6 a.m i stayed up through may into may day and welcomed in the dawn chorus which was wonderful well, um, I th- I'd like to play um, some of that broadcast, webcast, whatever you want to call it, netcast, um, uh, from the Dawn Chorus Day when you had spoken word people working with the Nightingales. Um, and also, um, a, a little later on, I'll play some of the, the, the musical one. But I just think it's, yeah. it's just, uh, it's such good, Broadcasting makes such good radio podcasts, etc. I'm not quite sure why why the national broadcaster hasn't hasn't taken you up and commissioned you. <laughs> I don't know. I, they probably they probably don't trust that I, it, that Nightingales will really sing in, in quite as consistent a way as they do. But um, well, hey, one day I'll, we'll be we'll be back on the BBC. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll meet again. Um, anyway, so I'm going to play this, um, and uh, and when I've stopped playing it, you can tell us what's going on. Um, I think now. Let's see if it. Here they are. We need a place and a time to lay that stuff out. And right here and right now seems as good a place as any. Here alone in the sparkling dark, I can expose my roots and my wires and my nerves to the air and the moonlight and the nightingale song, all of which are made of the same shining stuff as stories. I think of those Japanese pots and the ripped open ground and how gold and life flood the gaps and make the broken beautiful. Repair is not the same as renewal. I'm older now than I've ever been and suddenly I feel every second of it. Perfect life, if there ever was such a thing, would be like a perfect pot, brittle and devoid of stories. We have to break a little to make space for our stories to live in us and break again to let them out. When cold eventually forces me to leave, the song follows me well past the point where I heard it first on my outward walk. 
Perhaps the bird is singing louder than before, or perhaps the wind has dropped, but I don't think so. I think I'm just better tuned. And the thread between him and me is now a direct line. It stretches all the way back across the turned over field, past the clanging gate and over the little bridge and along the lane to the place I pitched my tent a kilometre away. I can still hear him then, faint but distinct on my sleeping bag. And for days afterwards, my brain turns any white noise into nightingale song. I hear him in the wind, in road noise, in a service station hand dryer, in the fan of my computer. And night after night, I hear him in the rush of my blood when I lie down to sleep. Whenever people ask me why I play music with nightingales, I quote them these lines from the Persian poet Sadi. Goftam in shart e adamayat nist, morg tasbi gui oiman hamush. It is not becoming to humanity that I should be silent when birds chant praises. In the wake of so much beauty, we cannot hope but join in. In Berlin, by the canal's edge, I often come to this one spot next to a gray looming apartment building with this one special bird, one nightingale that I feel likes this human music inflicted upon him. Of all the birds in this ragged city of Berlin, why do we keep coming back here? Well, for one thing, there's a bar right next to his tree and it stays open until midnight, just when our bird starts to sing. When most people head home, the nightingale is ready. So if anyone wants to go out and hear a nightingale mingling with human music, this is usually the bird I choose. Tonight, there's a journalist from the Berlin newspaper, Taz. She's not convinced. She has a lot of questions for me. The bar is just closed. It's a cold, dark night. How do you know this bird likes your music? She is skeptical. This bird is used to us, I respond. Nightingales come back to the same exact spot every year after that long migration from Africa. I feel he's intrigued by us. He appreciates the strange human sounds of clarinet, voice, live sampling, electronics. He doesn't stop singing. He joins in. Most of the time, people stop and listen when they walk by. What do you think of when you hear a nightingale? She smiles. Oh, that great feeling of freedom as a teenager when you finally get home when it's already getting light. Oh yeah, that comes from Shakespeare, Romeo and Juliet. Is that the nightingale or the lark? Still night or finally day? Come on, in your film, David, you imply that by listening to nightingales, we can save humanity and the earth. Come on, David, do you really believe that? This woman is tough. Well, I also say, it's not such a big deal what we're doing here. We all have to contribute in our own way. Don't manicure your garden too much, then the birds will love you and sing for you all through the night. She looks up at the mute gray apartment building behind us. Our bird has not yet started to sing. You know, my boyfriend lives in that building. Oh, well, then you'll have a short walk home after we finish this interview. 
Are you kidding? No way am I staying here. I need to swim at dawn tomorrow in the Weiser say. Don't think I'm going to him. Oh, we had to wait another hour for our bird to start singing. Only the patient are rewarded. The Weiser say is far away. The nightingale and his music do not care. <laughs> Suddenly, I feel an embrace from behind as I listen, as I play. I no longer feel so alone. After a while, most of the crowd are ready to go, but two of us are still there. The bird sings on. A cold mist settles down from the trees. It's so cold for spring, but we remaining too can't go anywhere, transfixed as we are by this ancient song. We listen reverentially for another hour to this one same bird, our bird. He has a few hundred phrases to work with. Somehow neither he nor us ever get bored. We are still huddled together in the cold as this beautiful ancient music goes on and on. A reminder that at least something is still right with the world, right at the border between nature and culture where the most important contact is found. We are still there, bound together by the song of the world. That's where you can find me with this ancient music. So, um, we're, we're back from the woods, although the nightingales are still in the studio, um, I think you can hear. So, Sam, um, paint us a picture. Who, who were we uh, listening to there, apart from the nightingales? Well, you heard the voice and maybe some clarinet there as well of um, David Rothenberg, the wonderful American professor of bird language, song and um, experimental musician and writer. And he's actually the nightingale expert. I'm, I'm a mere um, charlatan, snake oil peddler compared to him. <laughs> okay. I, I quite like that description, though. I think you should, you know, revere in that. Anyway, yes. And before that... And before that, um, the really wonderful Amy Jane Beer, who's a British um, naturalist and writer. Uh, and... That bit of uh, writing that she's just done, I'm going to tell you, is called Nightingale. Um, it's called Nightingale Kintsugi. Um, Kintsugi being the tradition of fixing cracks in pots with gold, uh, with gold sort of filler to create these beautiful uh, sort of decorations. Yeah, I mean, that, that was great. I really loved that bit when she said that she'd been listening to the nightingales in the wood for so long that for days and days afterwards all she could hear was nightingales rather than white noise or traffic noise or yeah it's a really strange thing that the nightingales um because they sing so persistently through the night they, it gets you get a bit drunk on it and you suddenly find your your hearing shifts up to those high frequencies a lot more you pay more attention to that and you start realizing that all the harmonics and the sort of sounds that we filter out you know from like the whistle that comes from the the material in your trouser legs as you're walking 
that is expressed that we never hear and, and the squeal of buses and all sorts of things that are out in the environment that are in that frequency suddenly sound like nightingales and you keep on doing this like, ah, there's a nightingale, there's a nightingale. And it's a little bit like you've gone mad. <laughs> yeah, generally it, you have. <laughs> it, I suppose it's also like, you know, if you've been at sea for days and days, not yeah. that I've ever done that, but you get off the boat, even if you've actually only been at sea for an hour, and and the earth is still moving up and down like the sea. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Your nightingale legs. That's yes. uh, that's a very good description. <laughs> I, th I think that not only do we possess this thing called persistence of vision, which uh, used to enable us to see movies. Now digital is different, um, mm. but um, but I, th I think the whole of our kind of understanding of the world around us actually has that kind of persistence. I think it's partly because we're all storytellers, because that's the way we get through. And so we mm. have a sort of persistence of being. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, OK. I'd, I'd just um, like to know a little more about, um, you know, so life in the woods, first of all. So when you're in the woods, are you sleeping in a tent mm. or have you built yourself a bivouac like every oh. good tree forestry <laughs> does <laughs> i i know i have got a, an artificial nylon bit of sort of spun out reconfigured oil into a beautiful tent which i'm very fond of and i sleep in there this year i invested in a proper camping mattress because i need that little bit of comfort but um we do kind of it's very much cooking over open fires and you know very little facilities we've we've made a little compost loo and um it's very rudimentary but it's very lovely as well um and i just i adore it being out in the elements woken up at 4am by the dawn chorus and falling back to sleep and yeah going with that flow mm. and and now and now tell us something about um nightingales because i have um read in reading you know, your materials in particular, um, mm. that uh, the nightingale has 1,500 notes. Yes, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Um, they, they've got this kind of unbelievable repertoire of sounds and they've got about 250 phrases at the most, um, which they, uh, they sort of cycle through and improvise on, as you can hear. And they all sound a little bit alike, but then you start getting to the detail of them and you're like, wow, how are they coming up with this stuff? And they are completely improvising all the time, but always selecting from this repertoire. Mm. It, it's just um, amazing. And, and I, it's, it's in particular the 1500 notes. Is that because they can sing hemi, semi, demi tones as well as, as, well as our 12 tones? Oh, I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask you this question. I think it, what it is, is <laughs> it's actually 1,500 sounds. Now, what oh, categorises okay. a, a sound? I don't know. You know, um, uh, that's where my biology training um, ran out. <laughs> but I like the figure, 1,500. It's, it's kind of big and it's, you know, <laughs> you know impressive. <laughs> yeah, but, but actually, once you say that, 
you're talking about sounds rather than actual pitches, like sounds including their pitches. Um, yeah, it all makes sense because mm. even now um, in the background, the Nightingales of 2020 are singing and you can hear just so many different sounds. Some of some of yeah. it actually sounds very much like a, a Jaws harp, doesn't it? It is true, and that's probably one of the more polite uh, descriptions. <laughs> Most people say it sounds like car alarms, um, and I tend to agree in a funny sort of way. Um, in fact, if I if I get a car alarm in my car, I'd probably have it fitted with nightingale sound. That would that would be good. Um, but the the um, the thing that f- for me is really kind of always mesmerising is their like their reach. Because that's the thing you can't get an idea of from from listening to them online or from any of the broadcasts is quite how loud they are. Because you can hear them, you know, almost a mile away on a, on a good still night. So when you're up close in the bush with them, they are profoundly loud and you know ear splittingly loud. And it's that's where you get that's where the drunkenness comes in. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's. Who is it who says that a nightingale sings jug jug? Ah, oh, yes. Well, that is a. There is a sort of. Um, there's a few. Uh, uh, was that Coleridge or was that oh, Keats? Yeah. Sorry. Or John Clare. Yeah. Hmm. It's John Clare who speaks about the jug jug probably mostly. I think, and then it gets requoted by a 20th century poet. I think. Maybe. Oh yes. Did you? You um, said Keats, didn't you? Not Yeats. Yeah. Um, I said Keats. Yeah. Oh, so I hope I didn't say Yeats. Um, but actually, the place where the jug, jug, jug comes in mostly is in folk song. Um, and there's a really lovely thing. There's a lovely uh, Sussex folk song. Um, it's called "In the Month of Spring," and of of haymaking, and um, and there's a whole verse in the original broadside all about the nightingale singing jug 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 but in later versions the nightingale sort of evolved out and it's now just praise to the jug of beer and we'll and and suddenly the jug has not become the nightingale it's become the alcohol um in which uh we will celebrate the spring i can hear a bird there matt can you is that your end Oh, I see. Yeah, yes, no, that 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 was because a bird sound just escaped from a speaker. I told you the entire room is covered in nightingales. I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to clean up after them, actually. Um, anyway, um, I think it's time to hear um, some of your fabulous EP singing with nightingales. I did actually play um, one of the tracks on the day it came out back in March, but oh, um, but this is. Um, the Singing with Nightingale improvisation track on which you're joined by Cosmo Sheldrake, who has guested on the show also, and Tommy Blackroff, who I don't know. So tell us about this. Um, Tommy is a lovely accordion player, uh, folk musician, living now out in, in Helsinki, training there at the Sibelius Academy. And uh, in, a, in a lovely folk trio called Tea, T-E-Y-R, and him and Cosmo and me were out in, that was in Kent a few years back. And we were having a wonderful night just lying down under the stars, 
playing music. There's a, there's a couple of pieces of Cosmo. In fact, it's funny because tomorrow night Cosmo is coming back out into the woods to do more nightingales, which is going to be lovely. And it was just a, it was that's a sort of one of those edits where we've kind of cut out bits of that night and put them together, that much longer improvisation. And we've whittled it down to this little, um, yeah, vignette of what it was like sitting, lying down, singing and playing Shruti and yeah, together and accordion and a bit of banjo. Let us savour this moment. Singing with nightingales there. Um, Sam Lee with Cosmo Sheldrake and Tommy Blackroff out in the woods somewhere. Well, when I say somewhere, are the woods in Sussex? You know, that was actually recorded in Kent near uh, Romney Marsh in a wonderful coppice, um, a site of special scientific interest um, a few years back. Uh, do you think that... Um... Has improvisation always been an important part of what you do? Or are you more and more being attracted to that particular sphere of music? You know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's funny because the word improvisation in many ways for me is, is, a, is, is such a big word and I really only scrape the barrel or, you know, touch the sides of the realm of as a particularly as a singer you know I'm not I'm not a Meredith Monk type singer when it comes to improvising what I am is somebody who works with and I don't you know I don't kind of scat words or do any sort of you know free you know stream of consciousness type material I, I stay very well away from that I don't have the, the confidence or the or the or the confidence <laughs> I don't have the confidence of my confidence um but what I do love doing is working with um, uh, uh, m m the songs that I do know, particularly the traditional songs, and working on a much more free-form basis with that. So, and the improvisation might be as simple as just adapting melody and timing and space, and you know, letting words kind of free flow from that lines and figures. But it's not that's about as much as I I get. And even with the nightingales, I try and keep the songs true to themselves. So that I'm not uh, I'm not being disrespectful of the folk song, the integrity of the folk song, but just allowing them to adapt themselves into a um, into a nightingale style, I guess. But I suppose, of course, nightingales continuously improvise, or do they? Um, they are continuously improvising. Um, yes, and that's that's the. But then, then in 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 a sense. Their improvisation is their is their sort of reg is their depend dependability. So then it kind of then I guess there are questions of is it improvising if you always know they're going to be singing in a particular way? But it's within the sort of predictability. There is no form. There's no rote. Um, there's no score. So yes, it is improvising. 
rather like life. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, because just being alive is an improvisation, even be it within certain forms, like, you know, people tend not to, um, like your mm. heart carries on doing what it does and your lungs, your secondary yeah. nervous system carries on doing all the things it does. But nevertheless, um, we are improvisatory creatures and uh, and there's no rehearsal for what happens most days. And um, so I, I just think that you are, I mean, there are an endless variations on, there are, there are endless species of, uh, of improvisation. So you shouldn't think that only mm-hmm. Meredith Monk on the one hand or Ella Fitzgerald on the other are the only people who do it, although what they do is, or what they did was, no, what they do was, was very brilliant. Um, but um, I, I think that, uh, you know, we all find our place in the greater world of uh, music improvisation. You know, when, when, you, when, when somebody sings a song in a different way, I mean, and probably every time you sing a song, you sing it slightly differently. Isn't that improvising? Um, I mean, there's adaptation improvising has a whole level like there are many classical musicians and non-classical musicians i know traditional musicians who uh will be playing their their tune or their their repertoire and it'll always be uh responding to the environment you know anything but that is a, is simply a recording but they would absolutely d- decline any form of improvising so i think there's responsiveness and then there's uh and then there's pure free-flowing let's let's actively break the pattern um which you know is it, you can't transfer onto the bird and you can't transfer onto me either to a certain extent because in some ways then i am really am improvising if i'm i have no idea the way it's going to come out but there's a percentage of dependability Always. The always dependable Sam Lee. Um, <laughs> okay, let, let's, um, let, let's hear another track um, from the album. So um, you're, you're, you must be um, seeing quite a lot of Cosmo then um, of late because here's another track from the EP, um, which is The Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us about... Well, I will, I will, because it's a really interesting song and and also it's a really bad recording and I get the words all wrong. Yeah, I've released it because that's improvisation. (laughs) Well, you Um, see, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) This song is a song that I've loved singing with Cosmo for years and years. We we hang out a lot and have our our repertoire that we will, you know, twiddle away together. And this is um, a song called The Falcon, which is a 60s song was written by Richard and Mimi Farina and Mimi is still alive she's the sister of Joan Byers Um, Richard tragically died on their wedding anniversary out uh, racing on his motorbike as a young man and um, and it's a song we've learned from then it's a real kind of one of those beautiful poetic you know rally calls for you know a better it's a it's a protest song really but it's gorgeous based on a kind of folk theme um, and here's Cosmo and me literally, well, me more than Cosmo ruining it, but the Nightingale saving it. 
And the falcon, oh, the falcon is a pretty bird. Wonders as she flies, she asks us easy questions. She tells us easy lies. We tell her The Falcon. Um, and uh, there we heard Cosmo and Sam Lee, Cosmo Sheldrake and Sam Lee singing it. Um, and the Nightingale must have been listening. Yes, very much so. Does it feel like we are, that he's aware of us, I wonder, to your ears, Max? Yeah, it, it, what it sounds like is um, it's a bit like uh, you 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 find it a lot in gospel and soul singing, um, and where uh, there's a lead singer who kind of sings round and sings in the pauses and kind of uh, you know pushes it forward by what they're doing, and it sounded like that. It, he the the nightingale was always waiting for the right moment to come in and always came in at the right moment. It's just amazing, that one. Yeah. Um, there, it's, it is wonderful, those moments where you, when you're there with the birds and you really feel that sense of their awareness, their, their, their sort of it, it, embracing of your presence and your music. And it's quite, it is quite dreamy, actually. Um, yeah, it feels, feels very, very the, sacred. I mean, yeah, the kind of thing I'm talking... I mean, it happens a lot in sacred music, I suppose. I suppose it happens in in, in medieval music too. Um, but uh, but if, you just, if we just think of something fairly commercial like, say, a little prayer, I mean, mm. Aretha steps out of the chorus so that she can do these singing of the gaps and, and bringing the yeah. whole thing round. And that's what the Nightingale was doing. Perhaps that, <laughs> perhaps that was Aretha the Nightingale. Well, I, I think there's a bit of Aretha Franklin in every Nightingale ever <laughs> um, And there's... Yeah, and vice sorry. versa <laughs> and a bit of a nice girl in Aretha Franklin of course yeah um, yeah anyway a great song and uh, if people want to find out more about uh, Mimi and Richard Farina there is a great book which I think I've read called Urban Spacemen and Wayfaring Strangers Overlooked Innovators and Eccentric Visionaries of 60s Rock uh, and it was published in San Francisco, Miller Freeman Books, back in 2000. But I think you can find it. It's by Richie Unterberger. But if you just Google the Farinas, uh, you'll come to it. They're, they're, they are not neglected um, on, on the internet, which is great. Um, and I seem to remember that there's there's a great bit in the book where they're, they're hanging out with Joan and Bob. Joan and Bobby, and, mm -hmm. and everyone's riding motorcycles. Well, not Joan Baez, but, uh, but the boys are. Um, anyway, um, so uh, what might 
what what might be occurring for you when the nightingale season is over? Oh my gosh, uh, I feel like such an uh, enormous hurdle to get over. I've got I've got eighteen shows in a row of nightingales. <laughs> I think I go to go and lie prostate. Is that the word? No, prostrate. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, thank you for radio. Um, I'm just going to go and collapse. I have a couple of days of collapsing, and actually, um, that finishes on the 30th of May. And I've got some really lovely things. I've got some. This might be useful for your audience. Um, I'm doing a nature residency immersion. We're inviting musicians of all genres and levels of experience to apply to come and do a, it's called Amplify and it's a nature immersion, 48 hours, totally looked after, everything covered, food, board, and you get to do sort of learning about environmental work and also nature connection practices um, in Hawkwood, beautiful place in Gloucestershire. So that's application for that opening. And then that's from the second, second to the fourth and then on the fourth i start my series of pilgrimages uh with chalk streams so i'm going to be doing two weekends every day uh walking a different chalk stream uh they're a, an ecological gem of great britain we have about 80 something percent of all the world's chalk streams um and then i'm doing the turtle dove pilgrimage uh in june from the 10th to the 13th and then I'm digging over the summer, we hope, unless somebody gets sick. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's hope that the world all recuperates. Um, yeah, well, so, and so where are those gigs going to happen? Um, they're all the chalk streams are all around the kind of North London and oh sorry those no all when, the, when when you said and then the then after after the chalk stream season oh I see oh there's a there's a kind of festivals a festival in Charleston in Sussex Timber Festival Latitude I'll be at Latitude where I kind of feel like we first met um, and then lots of all the big festivals that can no longer run now are doing their little camps so I'm going to be doing them like Port Elliot and Shambhala are doing their their mini camps and um into the wild festival and uh so it's going to be a year of using my tent a lot <laughs> well i mean i i'm not surprised that you need to lie down for five days at a time because you're just non-stop um let us return to um the woods again um and uh, you said that um a big day was earth day uh Earth Day 2021, which took place on the 22nd of April. That's right. And yeah. that was the day that you were in the woods with a number of musicians. And um, and so we're going to come upon you um, doing your best David Attenborough impression, I feel. <laughs> um, but anyway, let, let, let's see what happens when Sam Lee puts on his Attenborough mantle. This is one of the oldest songs in the British Isles, going back over a thousand years. Speaking of the circle of life, this is the trees and the wood. Oh, in the wood there was a tree, the finest tree you ever did. 
afterwards, you actually had live artists singing with the Nightingales? Or is that how it worked? It, it has been working. That's how it's been in the past. This year, we've had to work May 17th before we're allowed the music back in. For that day, we've got yeah lots of shows where every night a different musician will be coming into into camp and they will be bringing their instrument into the habitat of the birds and yeah playing in correspondence but but so um, there there we heard you are wolf featuring ben c and um, yes that yeah go on that wasn't live that wasn't in the woods that was all made it pre at, at home covid style one year we'll get all these amazing musicians down to do it properly um, but at the moment, people have been doing it from their home studios while listening to the bird. And then we are adding it to the live. That bird, when that broadcast went out, the bird was live, but they were pre-recorded. Well, I have to admit that I was obviously lathering on all the nightingales on Psycho Find. <laughs> so um, it felt live in the woods to me. <clears throat> yeah. But there we are. Um, I'm a victim of my own delusions. So, um, okay, well, uh, there is uh, one more um, track on the album that we haven't yet heard, which is Tanyard's Side, uh, on which you're joined, I think, by Lisa Knapp, who also frequents this show from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, wonderful singer. This is a this recording was made a few years ago, and I will admit this is a recording made on a mobile phone. I can't believe I'm releasing onto digital service providers um, a, a, a song made on a mobile phone. But such is the way it goes with these outdoor gigs. Um, and yeah, it's been a it's yeah it's, it was a it was a few years back, and this is an old folk song. And it's very long. It's just six minutes. You may not want to play all of it, but it just kind of captures what, for me, what that moment, what it's like to really be in the thicket and dreamily lamenting away with a folk song with a nightingale. Well, um, we'll put Tanyard side um, actually on the shelf for a moment because we have to say goodbye to you. I know that you have other things to do, not least <clears throat> other interviews to do. But I just want to know, um, so is it very exciting putting your first book out there? Oh, my God, yes. And, and scary, too. But um, it's been lovely kind of really offering out all my experiences and observations and fascinations and loves about the nightingale in one kind of compendium and yeah and, and sharing that rather tender sensitive relationship i have with the bird or relationships i have with the bird and how yeah how much that's been appreciated by people and helped grow a, a, a new connections to the bird um in ways that i could never have imagined doing it in other ways so yeah it's a powerful thing book putting things down into one Yes, certainly. And um, how long has the book been out now? Um, God, less less than a month, I think, or a month out. Yeah, something like that. And it's yeah, um, 
Well, it's called The Nightingale, Notes on a Songbird. Yeah, and it's got a beautiful woodcut of a nightingale on the cover, I can see. And The Guardian have already called you a master storyteller. (laughs) It's amazing what you can buy these days in terms of quotes. And, and yeah. there's also the the lovely picture uh, that somebody has done of Sam Lee sitting in the woods with a hare running by and butterflies around, and um, it just looks <laughs> fantastic. Who did that picture? Uh, ah, you've caught me off guard. I've taken front cover design, Andrew Davidson. Oh, okay. I never met him, but he's very good, and his other work is equally stunning. Okay, so that's um, our in Penguin Books, I think. And, it is. Uh, and you can get it anywhere they sell books, including online. But don't go to Amazon, honestly. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, Sam, it's been great talking to you. Uh, I look forward to bumping into you again. And you're just doing such amazing things. Just don't stop. Max, you too. Um, keep up the good work. And um, I hope to see you in real life soon at a real live gig. It shall happen, you know, perhaps at Latitude, who knows. Um, but um, yes. while there's still some of this track left in the can, I'm going to put it back up so that you can make your exit. Anyway, see you soon. Have a good weekend and enjoy the woods. Nice. Lots of love. Okay, bye, Sam. Bye.